0: Amen. All right. So, hey, we are going to send the kids down today with the uh, kids workers. Not because I'm tired of y'all, but y'all might be tired of me. But uh, actually, the message that I want to share today, I want the kids to learn through you. I want you to share it with them. So uh, that, that's kind of as I was praying, I was, I was actually thinking about keeping them all up here and everything. But uh, uh, we have all our workers here. I didn't tell them I was going to have them all come up. But uh but yeah, the message that I'm sharing with you today, if you've got kids that have gone down there, I want them to learn the reality of this message from you. So uh, we'll get started here in, in a minute. Uh, I got to tell you a quick story about, about Zane thing. Uh, the other day I was up at, uh, just so you all know how to pray for them. Uh, the other day I was up in Lakewood Park, had to go to the water store and had to get some peroxide for my, you know, tank that cleans out all my well water and whatever. And I walked in and the ladies, I had to buy this peroxide. She's like, yeah, I'm real sorry, but man, it's gone up. It's up to 25 bucks a gallon now. I'm thinking, and and I said, well, you know, I said, ma'am, in the past, I would agree with you and I would break the people who are supposed to be managing our country and how poor of a job they're doing in managing this country that has caused everything to, to go up. And I said, but you know what? I found no benefit in that. And so instead God has changed my heart where I am now praising the Lord that I have the ability to actually buy it, or at least put it on a credit card and y'all let me walk out of the store with it. Credit card company will take care of that later. Hopefully we can pay for that. We're praying, praying for that. But, um, but I said, man, I actually have it. It's actually available. So I am I always think about the gas in Haiti, 18 bucks a gallon, if you can even find it. And so I'm grateful I can even find this peroxide. I'm grateful I can walk out of the store with it. And I said, so I praise God. She said, you know, I, I got to start thinking that way myself. And we started having a conversation about the Lord. And I said, you a believer? And she said, she said yeah. And uh, she said, but man, I lost my preacher a few years ago, and I just haven't found one. And, and I said, you live around here? She said, I've been here my whole life. I said, you know Zane Lowry? And and she said, no. And the words the Holy Spirit brought out of my mouth was, well, you must not have done many drugs. Because <laughs> anybody who did drugs in Fort Pierce knows Zane Lowry. Or, but I'm just saying, at that point, it was like, and again, he said he's not proud of that. We're not glorying in that. We're glorying in what God has done. But literally, right out of my mouth, Sue, said, no, I don't. And I said, well, then you must not have done many drugs. And she's, she laughed and said, no, I didn't do drugs. I was one of those other kids. And I said, well, Zane did. And Zane dealt, Zane dealt a lot of drugs. And 13 years ago, God changed his life and saved him radically. Like he could save every single person. And uh, yeah, give it up. You can clap for that. <laughs> <coughs> Now, God may use Christy, and Christy wasn't going to put up with that foolishness, and he wanted to marry her, so God did use some of that, but God saved him, and, and I was telling her about it, also. I said, right down the street from here, that's where, I said, he keeps trying to have a Bible study, but God keeps trying to have a church, and uh, that's, what, that's the best way I can describe what's going on when they bought the property, when they've gone through everything with the property, and they've been redoing the house, and all these things. I, I knew ministry was going to obviously be done, because that's their life, but but they keep trying to have a Bible study, and they're having a church. And that's what God keeps doing. And I, I just, uh, it's been awesome because without betraying confidence, I know Zane and Christy are actually in this together. It's not like when, well, she's down in that ministry, and he's in that ministry, and they're all spread out doing ministry, but they're doing it together right now, man. They're they are together as a team. So yeah. That's the way God intended it, man. Not for us to be all spread out and overwhelmed, but man, doing it together and growing together. The things that they're teaching, the things that they're, that God's having come out of their mouth is like, wow, they're, they're impressed with each other. The stuff that God's saying, Chris like, dang, Zane, and Zane's like, dang, Chrissy, you know, it's like the stuff that's coming out and it's of God. So they're working together. And they are truly doing a work of God. And I'm not giving any glory to anybody but to God. But I want you all to know how to pray for them. All right. And so what do you all call that place now? It's BBC, Bad Boy Church. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. But I told Zane that would be a great name for a ministry one day. And we should started thinking of all the people in the community that if they started coming, the world and that community would be looking, going, oh, my goodness, look what God is doing. Because I remember in Jamaica, man, I got to be part of some crusades and revivals for about five years, uh, doing these nationwide youth revivals. And every time I would go to the, the, uh, the airport in Kingston, the girl who sold the CDs would say, you Christians keep taking all our dance hall DJs. They keep getting saved. And I was like, yes. And every time we just kept seeing them all get saved and they became Christian artists. Even Bob Marley's whaler, one of his whalers, Judy Moat got saved and it was just cool. And that's what we need to pray for, man. We need to pray in our community because I don't know, you take, think of the most unlikely person to ever get saved right now that you can think of. Maybe it's a family member, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, and I want you to know they, were no, they are no harder to save than you were. In fact, you in your self-proclaimed goodness and morality and pride, you might have been harder to save. People like me, we knew we were messed up and needed help. <laughs> it's You guys that don't think you need any help that are hard, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, just pray. It's God. It's God that's got to change a heart. And that's what he's in the business of doing. So we got to see life from God's father. How many of y'all are going to commit to praying for Zane and his wife in BBC? (laughs) All right, good. Now I saw your hands, so don't be lying like Emily said. Don't say you're doing it and not do it. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Very good. So, um, Anyways, we're going to finish things up here. Well, not well, next week, we'll finish up the whole surfboard thing. Um, kind of brief review on everything. We started this, I don't know, weeks ago um, because God told us to start it. And uh, for me, when I see a board, I see a surfboard, I see the paddle board, I see, I'm always seeing a board every day at least once. I want to be able to see God in that. I don't know what you see every day. Might be your computer screen, might be a, I don't know what you see every day, but. Um, Man, if you could just have that be able to remind you of who God is, I think life would be more successful. Because when we know that we are serving and worship and under the control of and the protection of and the provision of and the direction of an almighty God, it doesn't matter what happens, right? Right. And so for me, it was a surfboard a long time ago, and I've always had to preach the whole thing at one time, uh, had to do it maybe in 15 minutes with a bunch of kids on the beach, whatever, it's been a privilege, all that. But God gave me the freedom this time to do one little piece at a time, and I've never had the ability to do that, and I've kind of enjoyed it. I hope God's been speaking to you too. So we're going to do a little bit of a review on this, um, and then we're going to get to one of my favorite parts of all of it. Well, all of it's my favorite part because it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and I like those guys. Amen? Y'all like, y'all like God? <laughs> all right. So the premise on all of it is that God is like a surfboard. And if you are out in the middle of the ocean or you're out in the breakers out there with overhead, double overhead waves, and uh, I mean, power in those, and you're out in those breakers, would you rather have a board or would you rather just be out there treading water? (laughs) And some of you are like, well, I don't want to get hit by that board. We're going to talk about that today. You have to develop some skills. You have to develop a relationship so that that board becomes an asset and not a liability. And so God, like that surfboard, gives us the ability, the ability, not everybody's going to be able to use that ability, but it gives us the ability to thrive on waves that would drown someone without a surfboard. The circumstances in this world right now I'm constantly saying to people, I don't know. That's what I talk about at the gas pump. That's what I talk about in the stores with people when they bring those conversations up. I'm like, I don't know how people without God can do this. Y'all have those conversations with people, man. Have them with the cashier. Have them live. when they bring stuff up. I don't know how someone without faith in God could deal with this, but I have faith in an Almighty God who's in total control. He not only really wants me to deal with it, but man, hey, Tiny. When you get to surf again, man, do you want little tiny waves, or do you want humongous, big, glassy six-foot, eight-foot, ten-foot barrels? Yeah, the bigger, the better, right? The bigger, the better. Chuck, like today, is like, man, I said, Chuck, summer's almost over. He's like, I can't even believe that. My wife's going to go back to school in a couple, three weeks and all that. And Chuck's like, yeah, thank God, man. It's been small. There's been no waves. We want waves, right? Right. Because, dude, when you get to ride the wave, there's no greater thrill than riding the wave. But in life, we want little puddle jumpers. We want it to be nice little tidal pool. When God wants us to have the thrill of riding the wave of everything he does in our life every day. So, man, like a surfboard, God gives us the ability to thrive. On waves that would drown someone without a surfboard, and so man, when we know Him, we can dig whatever's going on. He's in total control. Anything coming in into your life, any of y'all, any of you ever said this today or this last couple of weeks? Man, I'm under attack. Lift your hand. I'm not gonna make fun of you. not. I've been under attack. Guess what, Tom? Tom, you know what? Whoever was attacking you they got permission from God to do it. <laughs> God gave them permission. So if the devil. God gave them permission. And, and God loves you. And so God's got something awesome in store for you. Every single one of us that's been under attack. What a privilege. God gave them permission to do that. And so there's a purpose in it. But if we focus on the attack, we focus on the negativity, but then guess what? The one attacking wins, don't they? man, we're just playing defense, trying to fight it all off instead of offense. Like, dude, you know what I want to do when I'm under attack? I want to jump on God's back <laughs> instead of me getting out there fighting and knowing God's got my back. You know what I want to do? I want to get, of y'all remember piggyback rides? <laughs> dude, I'll I, I pull Zane up if I want, if, if I really wanted to illustrate this. I could pull Zane up and get one of them little kids, man. He'd be like God and them little kids would be like, be like us in the fight. Would it make more sense in a fight to have the little kid up front doing it and Zane encouraging him, go get him, go get him. Or should the kid just jump on Zane's back? Jump on God's back, y'all. Let God do the fighting. And he's a mighty, powerful God. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Somebody smart asked that question one time. Y'all got an answer? Who can be against us? Nobody. If you're out there trying to do it, you still there, God. And while you turn, you get hit in the head. Don't ever turn around in the middle of a fight. I'm just saying. <laughs> Man, get on God's back. Go, go, right, God. This is awesome. So, God, like a surfboard, man, He's going to give us the ability to thrive on waves we would that would drown someone without a surfboard. So, don't make waves. How many of y'all know people that create waves? Like, if they ain't got a problem, they create their own. Yeah. Uh, how many of y'all are that person? Nobody here is going to admit that, are you? But <laughs> deep down inside, yeah. Don't. Dig what you got today. Don't spend your time making waves. Spend your time riding the ones God already has for you. Understand nothing comes in your life except by his design for his glory. He's going to get glory out of it. And when you treat it in such a way that he's going to get glory, it's, it's for your good. You become more like him. It had to have permission to come into your life by, from the one who loves you more than anyone. And that is so hard to understand in the middle of it, isn't it? So dig the ride. I talk to people a lot of times, you've heard me say this before, I'm just bringing it up because the Holy Spirit brought it up, but what did Jesus say? He was, he was talking to people who were burdened by a religious system the Pharisees made where, oh my goodness, did I make the wrong step? Well, did I do the wrong thing? And, and, and I mean, you can walk two steps, but not three. And I mean, the religious, it was burdensome. And Jesus said, dude, if you're worn out from trying to worship God, you're worn out from trying to follow God in this system. He said, stick your head in my yoke. You guys know a yoke's piece of wood, and there's a place for two oxen to go to do the plowing. And so he says, stick your head in my yoke. So whose head's guaranteed in that yoke, y'all? God's head. He's a big old ox, isn't he? And you know what you are? I've told you this before. What are y'all? A little chihuahua, man, and your feet don't even reach the ground. And here you are yapping, trying to control your destiny with God as the ox. Gavin, you ever try to do that? You think you're an ox like God? Come on, God. We even try to pull them sometimes. You're a little chihuahua just yapping. You're like, man, don't yap. Be like, all right, help. Give me a little. Give me a little encouragement in here, God. I'm, I'm not really digging this ride right now. (laughs) Give me some. But man, just trust Him because it all works out. Don't make waves. Ride them. And so we talked about God the Father as this surfboard. We talk about the. The foam in uh, go back one there. The foam in this. If you were to take this foam, man. If you ever go visit Chuck Shapen room, he made this board by the way. Go visit all that, and you go look at piece. Of, you can even pull a piece of foam out of his garbage, man. Maybe we'll just bring foam in. So, and I'll give it away to people who need to know that God knows everything. And but if you look at the foam, you see thousands, millions of holes. So many holes you can't even count them. And what it reminds us of? Help me out if you've been here. What does it remind us of? God. God knows everything. Wow. Have you ever stayed up worrying about the fact that you didn't know something? Chrissy, you ever worry, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't. I'm not saying you would do that, but that's probably more Steve, right? No, I know it's not. It's you. Yeah. Guess what? You don't have to know. You don't have to know. Dude. Yeah, you don't have to know any. You know what? You got to know one thing. You got to know who knows everything. And you got to stay so close to the one that knows everything that he's guaranteed to tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. And that's in John 14, 26. When you, the comforter comes, the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to teach you everything you need to know. And he's going to bring to remembrance, you old people, the things you already forgot that he already taught you, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm applying that to me, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, So, man, it reminds us of everything, that God knows everything. What a great thing. We went through Psalm 139. I'm going to bust through this real quick. Uh, No, dude, go. No, I got got to, man. I got to go through it quick. Lord, you have examined my heart. You know what? What does God know about you? Everything. Anna. He knows everything. Oh, no, I'm talking to the other Anna. He knows. (laughs) I'm messing with you, Sam. I kept calling Sam Anna and Sam Anna, but God knows your real name, doesn't he? Even though Pastor Eddie doesn't, right? God does. She's like, oh, no, he knows my name. Now he's going to pick on me in church. You got it, girl. God even knew that. All right. So look at this. Lord, you've examined my heart. You know what? What does God know about you? Everything. Do you know everything about you? Uh, How long have you been married to Gary? 30 years. Do you know everything about him? No, he's full of surprises every day, isn't he? Yeah, all bad. But God knows everything about it. If God would have told you everything about Gary, you probably wouldn't have married him, right? No, that's what happened to me and my wife. <laughs> that's what happened to me and my wife, man. God had to let us get married. And she's like, what? 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 First two years of marriage, well, probably 33 years of marriage. What? 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 Why didn't you tell me? Well, because he needed somebody to marry him, and you wouldn't have done it if you knew everything, right? Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know, when I sit down, you know, when I stand up, you know, when I'm going to get up in the middle of church and go grab some coffee because pastor is boring. I'm falling asleep. Right, Zane? Uh, (laughs) No, it's all good, bro. You know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you know, my thoughts, man, you don't even know your thoughts. You see me when I travel. You see, when I rest at home, you know, everything I do. What does God know? Y'all? everything. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Can you imagine that? I don't even know what I'm going to say before I say it. That's why I'm trying to fill up with the Holy Spirit and fill up with God's Word, and I want God to just open it up like a balloon. Hey, y'all ever blow up a balloon, right? And you ever let it go? That's not what I want to be, because when that balloon goes, it's like... (laughs) right? So I'm hoping I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And what comes out is what God needs for you to hear in all of this. That's his word. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. And and has he in that? What's the four-letter word we got right there? Capital L-O-R-D. Lord. What does that mean? Boss. Boss. So if you're trying to be the boss, man, no wonder you got conflict. He's saying, you know what I'm going to say? And he's totally stoked. He's excited about all this because God is Lord. But when he's trying to be in charge, man, it isn't quite as exciting, is it? You go before me. Oh, this is, we, we talked about this. It, it, you're like, Dude, I was here. I haven't been to church in four weeks. And this is what he preached on four weeks ago. But anyways, you must need to hear it again. That's why he brought you. But you go before me. He's before us. You follow me. So remember we had the kids, we talked about we're a God sandwich, we're a God sandwich. And and if that's not enough, where does God live? Inside of us. He's before us. He's behind us. He's in us. Oh my goodness. What more do you need? This is almighty God. You know what you need? You need to know who almighty God is. Because when we understand how phenomenal, how awesome, how almighty, again, if he's almighty, Chuck, how much might does he have? All. That means you got none compared to him. So if we truly focus our relationship on not, what can you do for me? Can you get me out of this? Can you bail me? Can you fix this? He can fix anything. He can do anything. But it's he might not want to. We, he wants us to know how almighty he is. And when you've got the almighty and you're on his back, he's before you, behind you, and in you. Does it even matter what's going on? No, it doesn't matter, especially when you consider how long you're actually going to be here. Looking at some of y'all, I don't know that's going to be very long. I'm just saying. No, you're looking at me saying that. Go before me. Follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. There he is. Yeah, I was messing with your kid's hair on that one, right? Yeah, he puts his hand on on our head, and he's trying to direct us and bless us to show us what he wants to do. But man, when we're so busy, he's trying to direct our face, and we're like, no, I want to see over here. It's like, no, focus on me. What I want for you is the best. He goes on, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. Man, Laura, his thoughts about you are precious, man. When you think of the word precious, how would you even describe precious? Precious. Precious, Okay, Zane, that's good. What are are some precious, what's there some precious things in your life? Oh, the kids, yeah, the grandkids, yeah, they're precious, right? God's thoughts towards you are even more precious and special than that. Man, uh, they cannot be numbered. He doesn't quit thinking about you. That's pretty awesome. And so I can't count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. So the more God finds out, He knows everything about you, but He still likes you. He still loves you. And in fact, if He's disciplining you, if He's bringing trials and situations in your life, it's because He loves you too much to leave you in the current state you're in. Maybe He's got to humble you. Maybe He's got to get rid of some cockiness. Maybe He's got to shave off some flesh so that you become more like Him. Don't miss the purpose of it. Don't miss the purpose, because he's going to accomplish what he wants to. If you're his child, man, what's that verse again? Um, you know, that we know he's faithful to, to finish. What was that, y'all? Anybody know that verse? Faithful to complete what he started in you. He's going to chase you down with that 80-grit sandpaper, you know? And if you don't want to be hand-sanded, dude, he'll put you on an orbital sander. And You don't want to be orbital. He's coming after you with a belt sander. I'm just saying, he's going to sand you down and make you look like him. That's his purpose. Man says, when I wake up, you're still with me. Then we looked at, so, so the foam in the board represents, help me out guys, God. All right, come on. You guys got to wake up again. One, God. I don't want you to ever forget this. And you may have some kids down on the beach, man, just walk up to them and start teaching them this, man. If they stick with you, good. That's, that's what God wants you to do. But man, so God knows everything. That's the foam. Then we get to the stringer in the board. That's the piece of wood that holds everything together. It's its strength, and it reminds us that God God can do anything. So not only does he know it, how many of y'all have a know-it-all person that every time you talk to them, like, oh, well, here's the answer to this, the answer to that, but they can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need some more money to pay those bills. Thank you for that information. You got any? No. <laughs> well, lot good you are. But I- I'm just saying, God not only knows everything, but he can do it. And that's unusual because there are know-it-alls, but they can't do anything about it. And then there's people doing everything about some, but they don't know anything. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. But God can do anything. Look at this real quick. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Man, Barb, again, you post those pictures every morning. Man, we see storm clouds, Man, we see different things in the atmosphere that God does, and it's undeniable. A big hurricane, and people know it's God. He reveals himself through the weather, through the sun coming up every day. You can count on it. Through the sun setting every day, the clouds, everything. Anytime there's anything spectacular in the atmosphere, people post it, right? Because it's just unbelievable. But God did all of that, so you would be aware of him. Whenever you see that, don't miss it. The fact that it's God that's doing it. God did that to encourage you. Because if he did that, man, Gavin in, in uh, April, you guys live on the river and you get some beautiful pictures of storms and sunrises and even the sunset when it's behind and it ch- hits the clouds. Man, every time you go out and see something phenomenal, why is God doing it? To encourage you. He's, he's showing you that, man. So every time you walk out your door and you see it, be encouraged and say, God, I know you did that for me to know that you're in control. And if you can do that, oh my goodness, what, if he can do that, what else can he do, Sabrina? Yeah. Uh, have you met a sunrise even close to God's? No. We have artists in here. Uh, Michael Ann, (laughs) man, you you probably, have you ever painted sunrise, the sunsets, anything? that? Can you even come close to what, isn't that what you're trying to do? You're just trying to capture God's magnificence and you don't even come close. If he can do that, he can do everything. So let that be an encouragement to you. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Let it be an encouragement. Day after day, they continually speak. Night after night, they make who known? Him. That's the purpose, to make Him known. And so well, who does God want us to be focusing on? Yeah, Lucinda. Man, who does God want, it, it, want us to always be thinking about? Him. Who does Tom want you to always be thinking about? Tom. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, uh, but even in that, God, if you're always focusing on God and you understand how magnificent, how great, how phenomenal He is, do you have anything to be afraid of? He knows everything. He can do anything, and He's everywhere. Man, He's phenomenal, and that's what our theology needs to be focused on, is Almighty God. When you read the Word of God, you need to see who God is and who Christ is, and and then we realize we're His, and there's absolutely nothing for us to be upset about, nothing for us to worry about. What happens is when we're starting to not really think about Him, but we're thinking more about ourselves, our resources or lack thereof our situations that there seems to be no is there ever any situation that comes in your life that God doesn't have a solution for? No, you may not it may not be the solution you want, but who comes up with better solutions? You a God. Yeah, at a time you're not thinking that, you're thinking you do. <laughs> but give it a shot and see the solution God has. And in an eternity you may actually see how much wisdom there truly was in his solution. Man, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone through the earth. Their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after its wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens, follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. Boy, don't we know that. On a construction site, nothing can hide from its heat, man. And But the fact is, when you're sweating out there, when you're feeling it, who does God want you to be thinking about? And, and let me ask you, Cousin, Who does God want you to be thinking about when you're out there whining? Oh, it's too hot, man. It's, who does he want you thinking about? Why is he cooking you like a hot dog on the top of a... I'm telling you, scripturally, dude, he want, he's like, God. Zane, I gave you the cool breeze, and you had this problem. I tried to speak to you through the little whirlwind. Now I'm going to cook you like a hot dog. <laughs> What's it going to take for me, you to think about me? Every single thing God brings in our life is for us to think about who? Him. So next time, now some of y'all, y'all like, how many of y'all like going to the beach and laying there and cooking like a hot dog? Some of y'all, yeah, you like that, right? Laying there, man, like a hot dog, man. So as you're there, be thanking God. Be th- yeah, he's, Zane don't like that. But there's things he likes that you don't like. So that's why God has a little sum for everybody, amen? <laughs> so when you're cooking there like a hot dog, who are we going to be thinking about? God. Man, nothing can hide from its heat. So then we had the first thing, the the foam, God knows everything. We had the stringer, God can do anything. If He can make the sun, He's controlling the sun. Dude, what is the sun? Give me a simple explanation. Any scientific minds in here? Scott, what is it? It's a ball of gas. Yeah, a fiery gas. I don't even think it's solid, is it, Scott? you, You probably know about it. It's a ball of gas. Dude. Can you control a ball of gas? No. <laughs> Not literally. It's a fi- flaming ball of gas. Uh, uh, um, hey, Brad. Hey, God, uh, God, uh, God says, I'm, I'm going on vacation today. Brad, can you like uh, take a look at this ball of gas and keep it just the right distance from the earth today? Uh, I'm going to give you pl- You can't control a ball of gas, a flaming gas, let alone just a ball of gas. He's controlling that. And it's it's everything. Do you know how weather check this out? All right, here's super weather thing. All right, so here's our diurnal wind patterns that we have in Florida. It's really super cool. We changed them a little bit, I covered them with concrete. But when the sun is coming up, what is hotter? That the water or the land? The water's hotter. And so, what happens to hot air for those of you that have ever slept on the top bunk? Hot air rises, right? So when the hot air rises, there's no air. So the air from the cooler land has to come across. What's that called when air moves? Wind, it's wind. So in the morning on the beach, it's all glassy because the hot air from the ocean, from the sun is is creating a void and then the cooler land air moves over. And then guess what? During the middle of the day, around noon, remember y'all at beach day on on Thursday, around noon, man, all of a sudden it went glassy, it was choppy. You know why? Because the ball of heat, flaming gas, was over top of us, and now the earth was much hotter than the ocean. And so, guess what? The land air started rising up, and you can't have a void. So, where did it get its air from? The ocean, and it created an onshore wind. Now, Florida is a peninsula, and we have that sea breeze happening on both sides. And so, during the middle of the day, you have the sea breezes come together, and they collide and when they collide, what's that called? A thunderstorm. Now, back in the day, before we covered it all with concrete, God would use that sun to suck all the moisture out of the ground and make a big black sponge. How many of y'all have been around Florida long enough, remember it used to rain at three o'clock every single stinking day? In your front yard, not your backyard even sometimes, man. You could like avoid the rain. I mean, it was just boom, because that big sponge would suck water out of the ground and over the middle of Florida, dude, we had this big, ominous black sponge. When the two sea breezes came, it squished it, (laughs) and then it drained down. And because of no no concrete, it would then suck back into our aquifer. We didn't have to pump it down to the Okeechobee and blame big sugar and pump it out the two inlets and and find a, a way to blame somebody. Because the problem is we covered it with concrete. We messed up God's plan. But the fact is, dude, God sucked it up. God makes the wind. And every weather pattern we have is wind. Go look at the wind patterns for the earth. We're the intertropical convergence zone. Go look at what happens to the Tropic of Capricorn, Tropic, what's the other one? And then the equator. It's all wind. It's moving. And God does it with the sun. How many of y'all want God to take a vacation <laughs> and you take it over one day? No, you can't even control a big ball of gas, man, a flaming gas. So, man, dude, God, he controls everything, the weather. Aren't, how many of y'all are glad you're not in charge of the weather? I mean, oh, wintertime, oh, it's so cold. Again. And then summer, it's too hot. It's too, is it ever going to rain? Oh, is it ever going to stop raining? So you know what? That's the little chihuahua barking and yapping instead of digging what God has. When it starts raining, what are you supposed to do? Dude, dance in it, man. Yeah. Act like you're on a sailboat and you ain't had a salt a freshwater shower in weeks. I'm just saying. Go play. So God knows everything. God can do anything, but the fiberglass that covers this board reminds us that God is everywhere. Now, Chuck, when he brought this out today, he was like, hmm. He said, Wow, there's a ding in this board right there. And I was like, ooh, that didn't happen in church. He said, No, it's a truck ding. But Chuck, are you gonna fix it before you go ride it? because what happens if you don't fix it? Okay, water's going to get in, and is that going to mess your board up? Oh, so you're going to have a little yellow spot. Is that it? No, water gets in, it absorbs into the foam, and it starts separating the foam and the fiberglass, and all of a sudden, the board's delaminating. It's a mess, and that was the point we talked about even last week and the week before, that everywhere God is not, you kick them out of your schools, you kick them out of your government, you kick them out of your society. Everywhere God is not, there's a ding. God is everywhere. He's a fiberglass. And anywhere he is not, there is a ding. And people get delaminated from who God is, from what his purpose is. We start using things and doing things for a different purpose than what God designed it for. And it delaminates and it messes everything up. Amen? So God is everywhere. And that's what this foam represents when we look at this surfboard. Look at this super quick. I can never escape from your spirit. I can't ever get away from your presence. So can you hide from God? Can you run from God? No, you can, he can catch you. You can't get away from him. But why would you want to? Let me ask you a question: why would you want to? Huh? Yeah, Adam and Eve. Did y'all remember they had beautiful fellowship with God in the garden. Till the one day, the snake, Satan said, did God really say that? And I want you to remember that because that's Satan's ploy. Did God really say that? If he can get you to question God's word, he can get you to doubt his word. If he can get you to only believe one part of his word and not all of his word, oh my goodness, he can separate you from God. And yeah, God did really say, you can have every tree, do whatever you want with all the trees except this one. You're not equipped to handle having to make a decision about good and evil. That's why I don't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How many of y'all wish there were no decisions to make in life? And you just looked at someone, you're awesome. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, it, it, this, the ceiling is awesome. I mean, I mean literally, if all we knew was good about something. But now we have to look at someone and something and have to decide, well, yeah, that's good. That's Bob, I'm thinking of car shopping. <laughs> How many of y'all said there'd like to be no decisions in car shopping? <laughs> I, I, literally, that's what God wanted, that we saw good and there was only good. That's why he didn't want us to know the difference between good and evil. He didn't want us to have to make that decision because it was all good. But now, once we ate off that tree and we now had the knowledge of good and evil, now we have to make decisions. Is this good? Is this bad? How many of y'all ever made bad decisions on that? Anyone ever made a bad decisions? Karen, you ever made a bad decision on good and bad? Ooh, this is good. This is great. Oh, this is awesome. And then a week later, this is the worst. Anybody ever live that? I hear that all the time. Whenever I hear you all come to me, this is the most awesome job. And then two weeks later, God, I'm going to quit. I'm getting me a new one. <laughs> right, Zane? You know? We make these decisions. We make wrong ones. So when you make a wrong decision, there's consequences. Something gets destroyed the wages of sin is death. Something dies, something gets messed up. So ever since Adam and Eve, man, and do you think man has been making more bad decisions or good decisions? How many all vote for bad? (laughs) Yeah, we make a lot more. In fact, we learn from our wrong decisions. We're lucky if we make some right decisions. That's why we got to know God's word. So, man, in all of that, did God really say, come on, man, you know? And so, they had an intimate fellowship with God Almighty. And then they ate off the fruit and said, You know what? This fruit looks good. Ooh, dude, it tastes good too. This can't be all bad. Oh, this can't be bad. And then their eyes were opened up. And as soon as God showed back up again, what did they do? What? They hid. Yeah, had they ever hidden from God before? No. And because was ever God considered bad before? No, but now I did some. So they hid from him. And when God said, uh, hey, where are you? <laughs> did God really need to know where they were at? No, dude, he's like GPS, man. Oh, there you are. Infrared imaging, man. Y'all think you can hide, dude? Government can see you from satellites, everything, dude. They, man, they, Ask military people, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, You, but you can't hide from God. So it wasn't God saying you know, oh, I don't know where you're at. You're, you're the world best at hide and go seek. It wasn't that at all. It was like, hmm, where'd you go? Because when we sin, we want to hide from God, and you can't hide from him. But how about when you're walking with him? Do you want to hide from him? No, dude, you're on his back, piggyback, letting him fight your, fight your battles, doing everything for you. It, we have perfect peace when we keep our mind focused on him. He said, I can never get away from your presence. So even when you want to hide, you're not away from his presence. You just feel like you're away from anybody ever feel like God's not there. And all of you are sinners. I know you are. Let me see your hand. If you have ever felt like, dude, I've done something. God's not right here with me right now. He is. You got to get back in the word of God to know that he is there. There's nothing you can do to not be his child. There's nothing you can do to change his perfect love for you. There's nothing you, it's you that is trying to create a void, to create a separation when God loves you and says, hey, when's it too late to be forgiven? Yeah, when you die. (laughs) Yeah, when you die, never. Whatever you've done, come back to him. But guess what? Devil in your flesh in this world system doesn't want you to know that. They want to keep you separated so they can control you. And that is the devil, the world system he created, and your flesh. But God wants an intimacy. What did he do? Hey, Adam and Eve, where are you? Ollie, uh, well, uh, Ollie, income free. Y'all, do kids even play? Like, y'all remember that? Did y'all, do y'all still play? No, there are kids in here. Kids still play hide and go seek, man. I'm just saying, we played it forever. You know, did God just say, okay, I can't find you. I give up. What did God do next in the garden? Rick, what did God do? Yeah. Yeah. So they came out and they're wearing little like, uh, well, we like to think of fig leaf, you know, bikinis and, you know, and God said, yeah, that's not going to cut it. You can't cover your own sin. And he killed an innocent animal while the blood and the fur and the flesh was still warm. He clothed them with that to let him know that blood was going to be necessary to cover sin because sin is that horrible to God. And it was a picture of what Christ would one day do, but he made a provision and he restored them back into fellowship with him. He said, you walk with me, man, we got fellowship. You choose not to, that's on you, man. I'm coming out, that's on you, but I'm making it possible. I'm making every way possible for you to have intimate fellowship with me. And that's what he wants from us. I can never escape from your spirit, never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me Um, in all of that. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I can't hide from you to the night shines as bright as day, darkness uh, are, and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He knew you, we know in scripture, he knew you before you were even created. He knew you before you, were, you parents even thought about you. And he certainly knew you from conception in there. Knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Again, we talked about this before. How many of y'all since then have thanked God, woke up in the morning and said, looked in the mirror and recognized you were a complex person? Christy, you ever walk, look at the mirror and say, I am a complex person? No? <laughs> Zane, do you ever look at Christy and say, She's a complex person? You probably don't even want to answer that because you're married, right? You'd be a smart man, but. But literally, thank you, God, for making me complex. Because if you're so complex, you can't handle yourself, then what does that mean about you and God? You have to have a relationship with Him to be able to handle you. You try to do it on your own, man. It gets confusing. But man, isn't it awesome when God continually reveals to you how awesome you are and why He made you the way He made you and why things are happening the way they're happening? that that only happens from a relationship with him. Man, your workmanship is marvelous. Bob, did you get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, you are God, your workmanship is marvelous? <laughs> just once. Yeah. I challenge you, man. Go get out of the shower and just look in the mirror and say, God, <laughs> your workmanship is marvelous because we're not looking at the outside, are we? I mean, the outside's there, dude, but I'm saying, but the inside's going to last forever. His workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That's what Zane was saying. What God's done in your life is marvelous, right? Right. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. No one could see anything except you. I was being woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so God, God knows everything. God can do anything, but God is everywhere. Oh, Brandon wants to do it, man. Brandon, stand up, man. I saw you. Come on, man. All right, somebody stand up with Brandon. All those that want to just do that real quick. How many of y'all just need to stand up real quick? Go ahead, just stand up real quick. And we'll do this part, and then we'll hit the other part. Brandon wants to. I saw Brandon move. Did anybody else move on that one, man? All right, you guys stretched out. All right, so help me out. God knows everything. God can do anything. Here's the good one now. God is everywhere. Oh, come on now. Now that you know it. God is everywhere. All right, grab a seat. You should be good for another 10 minutes or so. All right. All right. So, God, and we haven't even got to the new stuff, but there was some new stuff in there. All right. God the Son. So, we have this magnificent God, but uh, we have to be attached to him. And, and we're so incompetent, inferior, impotent. We're so everything. We cannot attach ourselves to a holy, righteous God because we've blown perfection. So we needed somebody to be able to attach us to him, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the leash. We talked about this last week. Jesus connects us to God. and We looked at one simple passage of scripture. There is one God and one mediator who can reconcile or attach God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. So again, How many gods does it say there is? Read that again. There is one God. So, any of this baloney, any of this malarkey that you're hearing in the world, and people wanting to be like, oh, there's all of these gods. They're all saying the same thing. They all, it's one way to get to them and it's a different. No! If you want to believe that, you can't believe what the Word of God says because the Word of God God says says there there is how many gods? One God and how many ways to that one God? There is one God and how many mediators? One mediator who can reconcile God to man. And if God if Jesus Christ was not good enough, you know, again it would be like you having to say, Well God you know, I appreciate Jesus coming from heaven. I appreciate him doing all he did, living a sinless life, not ever sinning and having the wrath on somebody, you know, for for you know calling him and spitting on him and all that. I appreciate and, and being beat beyond recognition, never sinning and crucified, hanging there, dying of you know, being suffocated and sunburned and and and, and, and
1: thirsting. I appreciate all that
0: suffering that he did and, and then taking his life and dying. And then, yeah, I get it. He rose again to pay for those that need to be saved that way. That was cool, but God, there's, there, there's got to be other ways, right? That way wasn't real. You know what? That way is not good enough. I need a different way. What do you think about that? <laughs> How arrogant. How ignorant. If there would have been any other way other than Christ, it would have been done. That's why scripture tells us there's one God. One mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. And God and humanity need you to be reconciled because God is perfect and humanity is not. And the only one who could do that was Jesus Christ, who was 100% man, 100% God, who came down from heaven as 100% God, came into the form of a man and lived as a man, tempted in all ways like us and never sinned. And when he died on a cross, he didn't die to pay for his sins because he had none. He died to be our substitute and pay for our sins. Amen? That's what it is. He is the only one who can connect us to a holy, righteous God.
1: Because he's the only one who's ever God and man, and a perfect
0: man in that, the man Jesus Christ.
1: And one of the things I want you to remember about this leash, when you wipe out on your surfboard.
0: Brandon, uh, do you ever wipe out on your board with a leash? Do you hold on to the leash? When you surf, do you just hang on to this leash this way? yeah.
1: Can you imagine trying to hold on to the least?
0: We got attached to us because we need the least to hold on to us. In salvation, it's the same way Christ has to hold on to you. That's the point. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, everyone who would do it his way. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. He chose when, and he chose in your life when to give it. And maybe today's the day that he gave it to you, and you say, wow, I need to do that know that that's the right time. The one who knows everything, the one who can do anything once everywhere chose you to be here and you to hear that today and you to make that decision the way he did for others to do it at some other time.
1: So now we get to the new stuff, which is, it's, it's only the first.
0: We have the wax. And uh, this is Palmer's. It smells like sticky bombs, bro. No, this Palmer's. This is, this is like the gooeyest wax in the world. Um, Anna, you had your board out there, right? Now she had a big long board and she only had it waxed from like here to here. I guess she wasn't planning on getting off her belly. (laughs) And and, and so we put more wax on the board because what happens on the board when it gets wet and there's no wax? What do you do? You slide off. So can you imagine being hooked to an almighty God through Jesus Christ? to a God that knows everything, can do anything, and is everywhere, and the places he wants to take you and the ways he wants you to ride. Can you imagine being hooked to that God through Jesus Christ and having no wax? Can you imagine? Chuck, you, Chuck, you remember, uh, imagine riding a board with no wax? No. I remember this guy, Bill Bullover, up at the longboard house. He was a great salesman. He's a Christian. He's my buddy. I, I send him scripture all the time, too. The first time I met him, I went up there to go buy a board. And I was like, oh, this big 10-foot dog hawk, Oh, I love it. He said, take it out for a ride. Take it for a test ride. I'm like, oh, can I? And he's like, yeah, take it for a test ride. And I get it, and I pull it down, and I'm walking out. There. I said, oh, yeah, and you can't put wax on it. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I wanted to paddle it. I wanted to ride it. And I, I was like, oh, no. I, I remember sliding up my belly. Everything's sliding off. You can't stay stuck to an almighty God
1: without wax. So what is the wax? The wax is his word
0: that we have to be in on a daily basis. And and in fact, we have to meditate in it. Um, in Psalm 1, blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the accounts of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, and doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, because that's what you're going to do. You're going to start walking, then you're going to find yourself standing, and then you're going to be sitting in a place doing things you didn't want to do. But he said, Instead, blessed is the man. He says that, uh, all right, blessed the man that doesn't walk in the council of the Godly, stand way sinners, sit in the seat of the scrum, But his delight is what? What's his delight? In the law of the Lord. He delights, he's flexible too. He loves the law of the Lord. Every time he's in a situation where he's thinking, where he's got a problem, where he's got a situation, every time he can think of it, he's delighting himself in the law of the Lord. And in that law, does he meditate day and night? And it says he's like a tree in the middle of a desert planted by a stream. That man's got fruit, got leaves, and that benefits all kinds of, because the tree has all that stuff not to benefit itself, benefit others. So he's got, got all that going on, but it's because he delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. That word meditate, one of the original two versions of that, in the Hebrew language, they had to come up with a word to describe something. One was a lion laying in the grass. Just kind of, you know, that was a lion meditating, just mulling it over, repeating it again and again, kind of like like Leah's going to do for you, Tom. She'd be so sad when we're gone, and you're, she'd go, yeah, she'll make some weird noises. Yeah. But Man, the other version or the other word that they came up with this for was talking about a cow chewing the cud. So when the grass is wet in the morning, and it's, how many of y'all like don't just, you can't stand just chewing on dry grass. You know what I'm saying? You'd rather get it in the morning when there's some good dew on it. And it's kind of got a little flavor. It's kind of green, and you go down there and you eat some good green grass. It's got some moisture in it. It's way better than the stuff in the afternoon that's all just dry, you know, grass clippings that are cut and dead. So the cow goes out there in the morning when nothing's bothering him, when he can just eat it, and he fills up a stomach. How many of y'all ever fill up your stomach? You ever fill up your stomach, Steve?
1: Oh, yeah, dude. But can you imagine now? How many, does, how many stomachs does this cow have?
0: Four stomachs. Can you imagine if you had four stomachs? Can you imagine how much food you'd have to prepare for your Bible study on Friday nights, Chrissy. If all of them guys had four stomachs, but that's the cow God made them that way. Because, dude, cows are busy. They may not have time to go eat lunch later. They may not have time for dinner. They may not. So they eat it all in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're taking it in. And Barb, it's not just like, oh, I've had enough. I got to fit in my bikini and you know, it's like, it's like, man, they're pounding it. They ain't care about no bikini or beach body, man. They're you know I have a beach body? Go put something on and go to the beach. That's a beach body right there. I'm just saying. But they they take it all in, man. And if they got more room and more stomachs, they fill it up. And they go, oh, dude, there's some more good, 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 moist grass. And I got more stomachs. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Kevin, can you imagine? Where's Kevin? Kevin, yeah, I wore your fitness shirt last night, man. And I was thinking about you. And can you imagine if we had four stomachs in? We'd be in trouble. And so the cow fills all those stomachs up. Later in the day, when the cow's doing cow work, it might not have time, but it's hungry. Tiny, what do you think that cow does when he's hungry and he can't go to the restaurant and he don't have time to go sit down and can't go to 7-Eleven and buy a burrito or whatever? You know what he does, Tiny? (sighs) He burps it up (laughs) out of one of his stomachs. And he starts chewing on it, man. You ever done that, Tiny. No? <laughs> well, then I won't tell you that I did, but I'm just, no, I'm just joking with you. I, nobody does that. I, just, I hated surfing after lunch because it doesn't, never tastes as good the second time. So the perla don't taste nearly as good the second time, but I'm just saying, dude, the cow barfs it up, and he starts chewing it again because there's more nutrients in it and he gets the nutrients out and swallows it back again. He's got four stomach loads, dude. What happens if he did not fill his stomachs when he had the opportunity?
1: He wouldn't have, have nothing to barf up.
0: <laughs> He would have done. And he barfs it up and swallows it, barfs it up and swallows it, barfs it up and swallows it. And I know barf doesn't sound very appealing to you, but he regurgitates it. And, and it, so it's not full of stomach acid, dude. It's got some flavor, man, all the other stuff in his stomach. He swallows it back again, but he does it numerous times
1: and gets nutrients out of it. And when there's no more nutrients, he spits it back out. Let me ask you a question.
0: If you don't ever put it in, is there anything to pull back out? So you got, that's the Word of God. Meditate in it day and night. You've got to put it in. And then you bring it up. Whenever you can find yourself not thinking about the right thing, start thinking about the right thing. Because if you're thinking about the right thing, you can't be thinking about the, the wrong thing. How many of y'all ever think about the wrong thing? And you know you can't think about two things at once. You know that, right? And some of y'all are trying and you're failing. You're just switching really quick. But if you're thinking about the right thing, you can't be thinking about the wrong thing. You regurgitate the Word of God you got to put it in every chance you get. Maybe when you're sitting there on Facebook, seeing what's in your logarithm of what now they think you like. And maybe when you're flipping through channels, everybody have a million channels you flip through and can't land on any. Uh, Or you're binging on something, whatever. Man, you know what? There's some times I just challenge you. Say, God, would it be cool if I opened up your word?
1: (laughs) God, and just open it up somewhere or, or start reading it.
0: And give, God, uh, give yourself permission to read and not understand. And key, you know, sometimes we have to understand, oh, I didn't understand that word, so i got to stop. Man, read it like a story. Read multiple books. Read, read all of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Read it all and stop when God says. And at the end of the now, God says, well, what did you get out of that? Maybe he wants us getting big pictures. Is there time where we could spend more time reading his word?
1: But the devil, this world system in our flesh has got us so
0: fooled and that we think, oh, no, we have to have a scholar. I have to have a degree. I have to know Greek. I yeah, sometimes those things are good, sometimes they're bad. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the author in you.
1: Here, I'm thinking of all your author buddies, man, Penny and all those guys.
0: Dude, if I wanted to write, read Penny's book, the best way to read her book would be having her sitting next to me, right? So I'm reading I'm like, oh, hey, Penny, what do you mean by that? Hey, Penny, what you, and the author could tell me, who's the author? All scripture is inspired by who? God. And where does he live? Inside you. So you've got the the author at a book signing table. You read it and say, what does it mean? And let him tell you. "Uh, Dude, Zane, I know this is dangerous, man, but when you came out of the womb, man, what could you do with a T-bone steak? A big porterhouse. Not a whole lot, but somebody thought enough to cut little bits and pieces and feed you, right? And little by little, you learned to cut. Little by little, you didn't even need to cut. You just pick the whole thing up and started gnawing on it, right? What can you do with a porterhouse steak right now? Damage it, and you can even eat the bones, can't you? All right, that's what. After you got boiled over, but I'm just saying, did that happen instantly? No. And, and so, what God wants, you just read. God wants to cut it up and whatever made sense to you, whatever stuck out, that's what God cut up and put on the floor. And maybe that's all he wants you to know right now. You don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to teach a class. You don't have, it's for you in an intimate relationship with God. In fact, so his word daily is if you're not in his word, I'm not giving you a guilt trip, no, I'm just saying you're riding a surfboard with no wax. You've got an awesome God, and he's sliding, you're sliding all over the place. His word, that's why I send it to you guys, and I pray for you when I send it, because when I get it in the morning, that's the first thing i got to do is get it, I put it on Facebook. I may not send it to you until later in the day or whatever, but I send it because it's helping hold me accountable, and this is my marching orders from God. He cut off a little piece for me and fed it to me that morning, and I'm going to give it to you. It's not really regurgitated, I don't think, at that point, is it? But... I'm giving it to you, and I hope you get something out of it. You know at least I'm praying for you, And, and if you want it, let me know, and I'll text it to you too, but I'm hopefully encouraging you to read his word and get something out of it. Look at the scripture here. All scripture.
1: How much is scripture?
0: All of it. They had the Old Testament at this point, but both Paul, Peter, John, all those guys, if you read their books, they're not just talking about the old. They knew what the apostles were teaching was, was part of the New Covenant, the New Testament. They knew their stuff was Scripture. They called it Scripture. They called it under the authority of God. So we're talking about all our Scripture that we have. It is inspired by God. It means it is God breathed. It wasn't like God said, Oh, Kevin, write a book about sin. No, it was like God worked through Kevin and breathed the words out through him. Not like a robot, but God made sure he wanted what he wanted to say protected. Is God big enough to protect his word?
1: Yeah, and he's used people to do that. A God that knows everything, a God that can do anything, and a God that's everywhere. You think he's worried about some man misrepresenting his word and calling it his
0: word? Well, he takes care of those folks. He wrote about it in his word. But the word that we have is perfect in what he wants. It's infallible. You're not going to find anything wrong with it. You'll find some little scribal errors and different things, but you can hang your hat on every bit of it. All scriptures inspired by God. And look what it is. What's the next word? It is what?
1: Yeah, useful. What's the opposite of useful?
0: Useless. So I wonder how many things you do that are useless? (laughs) How many things we do that are useless? Sit around and worry. Sit around and watch TV. Sit around, sit around, around, do this. Dude, this is useful. And, and it's, it's useful to live in this life. And if you read Second Timothy, even the beginning of chapter 3, that's when he says, hey, men are going to have in the end times, which the end times are from the time Christ ascended to the time that he comes back. We're in the end times. We're 2,000 years into him. I have no idea when it's all going to happen, but that's what's considered the end times. When Christ arose to the time he comes back. So that during this time, men are going to have a love affair. Men are, men are going to be, be in love with love, all right? That's when you read it, but they're in love with the wrong thing. They're lovers of themselves. They're lovers of money. They're lovers of pleasure. They're lovers of this over God. All You read about it, and it talks about all the love man has. Isn't that what you hear in the world? Oh, we just have to have love. It's just love. You've got to love the right things. If I love heroin, is that a good thing just because I love no, it's a whole, you got to love the right thing. you got to love God Almighty. Isn't that what he said? They said, Jesus, tell us about the commandments. What are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love God with everything you have. And then he's going to show you you love him because you're going to love others. But men are lovers of all these things, and life's going to get confusing. that's why he says, man, this word of God is useful, don't back off, Timothy. There's people going to be preaching all kinds of stuff. Don't back off from the word, Timothy. Even if you get thrown in prison, even if you get killed, look at me. I'm good. He said, don't back off. It's useful. And look what it is. useful to teach us. If you have to be taught, hey, Laura, if you have to be taught, what does that mean? You didn't know it. Yeah, we are. Oh, I don't do. That's common sense. No. How many of y'all need to be taught the same thing over and over some days? Yeah. I, thank you, two honest people. Rest. Yeah, I'm just saying, dude, maybe I just really ain't the sharpest marble in the box. I'm, I got to be taught because this world's confusing and everything. I need God to remind my brain, to remind my heart, to remind my actions that this is what's got to happen. Because I live in this world, but I'm not of this world. I got to stay full. You are what you, Emily, are you what you eat? you are what you eat. Yeah, man, you are what you eat. All Scripture inspired by God, useful to teach us. Look at this. That won't be much longer. What is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. So here's what the Word of God does. It says, ding, 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 ding. what you're doing is wrong. How many of y'all have ever had somebody come in your life and say, hey, that's wrong? You're like, oh, you, You need someone, you got the word of God to say, This is wrong. Because your emotions, your heart, and your mind, those are the things that the word of God protects you from. Those three things. You can't go with your heart. It's the most deceitful thing of all, Jeremiah said. And you have your heart set on something, and now all of a sudden your emotions, oh, this is what I want. And then your mind helps you figure out how to do it, how to pull it off. You need to renew your mind with the word of God on a daily basis. And you can do it, just read it. Let God interpret it. Let God show you what it means. Look, God show. Is God big enough to show you how to apply it? Do you have to just wait on Sundays? You have to just wait on Bible study night? No, man, you need this word of God, and you can do it if you're saved. It's inspired by God, useful to teach us. Look, tells us what's wrong. And then, so, is that all you want, Chris? If you had somebody in your life saying, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Karen? Someone, you're like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. If, if, someone, if that's all your mom ever did was say, that's wrong, that's wrong, what would that be like? It'd be hard, right? Because you'd sort of want to know something else, right? I don't only really want to know it's wrong, I want to know what else. Yeah, well, if that's wrong, then tell me what the right thing is to do. So that's what the Word of God, that's what he's saying. It tells you this is wrong, but he also says, but instead of this, do this. And you're like, but I can't do it, I don't know. And So the next part is, he says, all right, I'm going to help you stop doing the wrong thing and start doing the right thing. And then I'm going to help you sustain the right thing. So he says, this is what the word of God says in that verse. I'm going to tell you what's wrong. Then I'm going to tell you what's right. Now I'm going to tell you how to do what's right. But I'm going to tell you how to keep doing what's right. I mean, I would like to stop doing the wrong thing, start doing the right thing, know how to do the right thing? And, and, and then be able to continue the right thing. Does that sound like, a, Sam, does that sound like a good thing? That is a real good thing. And you know, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you stay in his word daily. Chuck, how often do you wax your board, man? Every time. When you put that base coat on, man, you got that base coat. And then it, you may surf it or whatever. When you get up in the morning and you go out for dawn patrol, you know what the greatest smell in the world is? Tom, it's not a great smell. I don't know if you have flavored wax or not, but dude, I have sticky bumps. And man, when I start rubbing another layer of sticky bumps on the existing bumps and I smell the wax, it's just like, oh, it's heaven. And it's the same thing when I open God's word and he starts speaking to me through his word. It's a beautiful thing. And and man, so every time you go to ride, you got to put a new coat of sticky bumps on. You can't just live off the old coat. You need new ones. And that's what God wants to do for us here, guys. Every time he gives us another situation, we need to go to his word and treat it like wax on a surfboard. But when we try to do it from what we've already learned, what we've already done in the past, what we heard preached, what we did, and it's not something fresh from the Holy Spirit, chances are you're going to slip all over the place. For me in particular, you know what's going to happen if I don't go to the Word when I got decisions to make? I, I might not even think about God. I might just step right into the next decision, and when I'm starting to slip, it's like, oh, hey, what if you're halfway down the face of a big old wave, and like, oh, I forgot to put wax on. <laughs> it's a little late. You're going to wipe out, but before you ride the next wave, you better put some wax on. That's what the Word of God is. But I fear that the devil has got the church so scared of the Word of God that they think that they can't understand it. Man, you want an easy way to do this to get started? Listen, and I'll end on this. There's 31 days in a month, right? Usually 30, 31 days. The book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So here's what I don't want you doing. And if you do it, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'll tell you what happens. I don't want you to go and find a through-the-year Bible reading program. You can do it if you want. For people like me, it doesn't work because I know I'm going to miss a few days. And if I'm supposed to read 20 chapters this day, 20 this there, I'm I'm exaggerating. But if I miss a few days, now i got to get caught up again and do today when I didn't have time to do it. And guess what? And I've been a pastor for 30-something years, and you guys quit because you think you failed because you can't catch up, so why bother? Here's what happens, if you take whatever the date is, read that chapter of Proverbs in the morning. You can do it for you, ever get out of bed, just get the eye boogers out and look at it and say, all right, read it and say, God, make one thing stick out to me today. Take that verse, write it down, highlight it, send it to yourself in a text, whatever, but meditate on that verse, regurgitate it back up daily, all day long thinking about it and I'll guarantee you God will show you the application and the interpretation. He will show it to you. And at the end of the day, you'll be like, oh, I am so glad God did that because he'll keep you out of trouble. He'll show you what's wrong, show you what's right, give you instructions on how to do the right thing and how to keep doing the right thing. Read that chapter of Proverbs and look for one verse to apply. I did that for almost 20-something years, and it was valuable I can almost tell you what's in each chapter of Proverbs in doing that. And sometimes I go back to doing it. Now I'm just reading through scripture. But again, if you want a simple way to do it, read Proverbs. It's applicable. It's like, oh, if you're in an argument, shut up. (laughs) Anybody understand what that one means? You you need to be a Greek scholar to know that one, right? No, you need to be a Greek scholar to apply it, especially if you're me. (laughs) So that's what we do. So get into his word, y'all. Quit riding this awesome board called God, being attached to an awesome leash called Christ, and sliding all over the place. And when people see you riding a board of great, Chuck, is that what you want people to buy impact surfboards, get custom-made boards that you put your heart and soul into, have, they're connected, and they go ride, and there's, everybody on the impact board is sliding all over the place, falling off. Is that great advertisement for you? Not at all. Put some wax on. That's what God wants. Dude, I give you my word, you got your Holy my Holy Spirit living in you, just do it. You have no excuse for not rubbing that wax on. Don't give me this that you can't understand. If you can't understand it, you're not saved. Or you're trying to figure something out that's not there. Just with your heart, seek God and open up the word and do it. There's going to be two times the devil is going to want to fight you more than any other time, and that's when you're reading the word of God and when you're praying because of those are your offensive weapons fight back and do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. And Father, um, thanks for this analogy. And um, Father, um, I I know there were some things that we've preached on before, but I think there were some other things that need to be said. And I pray, Father, that um, you would take your word. I know it doesn't return void. And you would use it like a sharp two-edged sword to penetrate into the tightest crevices of our life not to make us miserable, but Father, to make us satisfied in you. Father, I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know that you are awesome, and they really do know that they need someone that knows everything, can do anything, is everywhere. Father, give them the desire and ability to believe that Christ, when they surrender to you, what Christ did on the cross can connect them to you. Father, help us to glory in that. Help us to be reminded that that's the only reason we have a relationship with you is because you initiated it there. But for the grace of God, go I. But Father, help us take full advantage of that relationship. Father, when we go out and surf your board without wax and we're sliding all over the place like the world is, we we, we don't look any better. Our results aren't any better. And, and Father, we re- misrepresent you. So, Father, give us a love and a desire for your word, a desire we can't refuse to just get up. Help us go to bed at night wanting to wake up to hear from you in the morning. Even if it sounds hard, Father, help us just open your word and look at it and let you do what you got to do through it. It's your word that's alive. It's your word that you use to speak the whole world into existence. It's the same word. So, Father, I pray that you would change our hearts, renew our minds through your word, and we would have a new love. I pray that these kids that are down there, I know they all got parents or grandparents or somebody up here now. I pray that the way they learn how valuable your word is, is because they catch their parents reading it. They catch their parents dependent upon it. Because their parents are teaching it to them. I pray that even as families they get together and 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 and, and do it together. But I pray that one generation would pass it down to the next generation. Because your word is the only truth that we have. And we live in a world full of lies. Help us, Father, stay stuck to you. So that when people see us riding that wave that you gave us, and they go to Say how awesome it was. We can give all the credit, all the glory, all the honor to you. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.